Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries in Bentonville, Arkansas, but I am not in Bentonville. I am uh, far from Bentonville. I am uh, down south in Costa Rica, Costa Rica, and uh, I'm here with two of my brothers uh, who are champions in uh, Central America and are taking the journey to the people of this country and also in Colombia as well. So I have with me um, my special guest, Henry Gutierrez, he's a pastor here in Costa Rica. Welcome, Henry. Hi, everybody. Hi, thank you, Brian, for letting us be here. It is, this is going to be awesome. Yeah, yeah. And then, uh, and then I got to get, get this right, Haider Garçon yeah, yeah. <laughs> from Colombia, South America. I'm learning how to, to speak a little bit of the language and the <laughs> pronunciations, but uh, great man, Haider. Uh, and, and I want you to hear their stories of how they came in contact with influencers because uh, there's a, always this recurring theme with influencers is that we don't necessarily go and, and where we think we need to go, we go where God invites us. And, and we didn't have a strategy to reach Central America. As a matter of fact, every time we think we're just an American ministry, God keeps expanding our vision. And uh, God has people like you guys come into our midst and, and we know there's something God's doing. You know, So, so Henry, I'm going to start with you. Um, Let's just talk a little bit about how you even ever found out about influencers, and uh, and then we'll tell a little of your story of uh, how you came about doing the journey. We'll talk about you know you being in my virtual journey group and, and what your plans are, and then when I hear you, you brought Hyder in, yeah. I believe. So we'll start with you, Henry. So just tell a little of the story. Well, of course, uh, first of all, as a I am a pastor in in a, in a, a tropical country by the beach where. Uh, Cocoa Beach is located and it's a very tourist place. So I have services in Spanish and in English. And in English, we get a lot of people that uh, sure uh, cho- chose this place for uh, living six months here, six months in Canada or USA. And one of those members who started to come is uh, Ron Freulich and uh, his wife, Marianne. <clears throat> and uh, soon, we become friends and they started to, you know, taking us for lunch, me and my wife. And then they received a calling from the Lord and the, the um, instructions to support us. So he brought one day some books and some material and he started to talk to me about the journey. It was completely new and weird for me and I really didn't put a lot of tension on that, you know, so, but as he was praying for me and for our ministry, one day he invited me to go to a solely business uh, retreat in Soto. First of all, I went to Soto in Arkansas, and that experience was transforming in my life. My wife says that she saw a man going out of the house and another one coming back, which is great. Good for me and good for her. And, ju- and just to clarify, this was our national gathering that we have. We, we call it Soto because it's at Shepherd of the Ozarks. Uh, so this would have been the time before last, not our most recent one, but two years ago. Yeah. Yes. And then uh, Ron invited me to go to uh, California for uh, 
the solar business retreat and I did it. And it was awesome too. So uh, we got that good news that uh, solar business will start for the very first time in uh, Latin America. And we had it in Costa Rica this year in February. And let me just interject. Uh, Soli Business is a ministry that started in Atlanta, and it's a 48-hour uh, transformation weekend for men uh, to help them get a taste of intimacy with God over 48 hours. And, and our guys in California use that as an on-ramp for journey groups in Bakersfield in the California area. And so, and it's starting to spread to the other Soli Businesses as well. So Yeah, so as I went uh, as a participant in California, I wanted to go and be in Costa Rica a server, and I was. But I took with me nine of my men from my church, and it was transforming for them. So when we came back to Cocoa Beach, uh, they all said to me, Henry, now what? We are hunger and thirst. We want some more. And I said, oh, wow, let me call my friend Ron Froelich. And I called and I said, the same words, Ron, now what? <laughs> and uh, when I was just talking to him, the Lord said to me, Henry, look down. And I was like, look down? Lord, you are always asking me to look up. Are you look, asking me to look down? Yes, look down. So I, when I looked down, I saw a box under my desk full of books that says the journey to the inner chamber. And I said, yes, that's the thing. That's, that is next. That is what? And I remember I started to go through this, guided by Ron and my friends like uh, I met there. Brian Dodd, for example, he was an incredible asset to me, to guiding me to go through this. And uh, about two weeks later, the wives of all these men asked me to have a meeting with them. And I came to the meeting and all of them, all the wives said to me, Henry, what are you giving to these guys? We want to have it too. And, you know, long story short, we ended up with 50 people going through the journey, 25 men and 25 women. And we are so excited about it. Mm. So, uh, and you, I, I mean, I'm sure I told you this, Brian Dodd probably told you this, that you need to get it first before you can <laughs> give it to your people, right? And, yeah. and especially pastors, we always, we always love it if a pastor can just be a regular guy part of another group. And so you join my virtual journey group. So you're getting to go through the journey just as a man, just as a guy going through it. Awesome. So, so I know you, we're only a third into it, so you haven't even gotten to the good stuff yet, but tell, tell them a little bit about what you're seeing in your own life and then a little bit of what you're seeing in the men. Well, for me, uh, I am a busy guy, I'm, I'm, you know, like every pastor. And I, I was thinking not to go through the journey myself. And I was not being a guide for my groups here. I found other guides. But when uh, I was invited to go through an online group, I said, well, yes, it takes, it's going to take a couple hours from my Monday evening every couple of weeks. And, uh, you know, I struggled a little bit with that. But the first day, the very first day I met with these guys, it was incredible because uh, uh, my wife was really, really sick. <coughs> That kind of sick uh, that I, I I was ready to take her take her to take her to to the hospital, but the first thing we did when I uh, got connected with my uh, uh, journey uh, partners is I said hi guys I'm sorry but uh, can you all pray for my wife please she's she's really sick she she doesn't feel good at all, and uh, in the middle of our meeting when 
I, when I finished the meeting, I went to her bedroom and I said, are you, are you okay? You want me to take you to hospital? And she, she just said, uh, just let, let me go to the bathroom, bathroom. And when she got out of the bathroom, I, I don't know what happened in the bathroom, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, she came and said, you know what? I'm okay. I am okay. I am completely feeling well. And I said, is that, is that right? So I, I was waiting for my next journey group, two weeks, to tell them about this, the testimony and the power of the 21 men praying all together from different areas in the world for my wife. That was the hook to me, and now I don't want to miss a meeting at all. So I know being a pastor, you have a lot of theological knowledge and, and you know the Bible and you preach the Bible. So, and you, you probably had a quiet time with the Lord before this, I'm assuming. And so how is this different? How has this changed, changed your heart? Well, first of all, it was uh, a little tough for me not to give all the answers mm-hmm. and give all the advice and counseling that the men around the table are needing because I am a participant. I'm not a guide and I'm not a pastor in the group. Mm-hmm. So I had to go through that and understand that. And now I'm okay. And I understand that this is not horizontal, but, but vertical. But you know, it's been, it's been transforming to my way of seeking the Lord. It was tough for me. I, I have to recognize this and be honest. It was easy for me to see God as a God but a little difficult to see him as my father. And that thing completely changed. Now, I don't have devotions as a religious thing every morning. I speak with the Lord every morning. And I speak with him at all times, at any hour in my life, when I am having a shower or driving my car or or worshiping him or... I don't need to be on, on a quiet or secluded or long, lonely place to say that he's with me. I experience his presence all day long. That sounds like abiding. Absolutely. I cannot <laughs> live without him. <laughs> Remaining in him throughout I, the day. I really love the uh, comparison of the meanings that Rocky does when he speaks about abiding and about remaining and that is exactly what happens. I abide in him, but he is, he, I remain in him too. So he is with me everywhere I go. Mm. Well, and, and we've gotten to see a little bit of your congregation. I, I haven't set in on a journey group, but I sense there's, there's an excitement here that people are, there, there's something new and exciting. And they were really excited to hear Rocky speak to them about abiding and all that. He got to speak the other night. Um, what, what are you seeing? What, what could this do for your church and for your people? Well, you know, when I uh, got a, a deeper in the journey, I went immediately to John 15. And for about eight weeks, I was teaching about John 15. I mean, and I, and I think you, can, you cannot stop teaching about John 15. There's always something new. There's always something fresh. There's always something... Uh, a new revelation that comes out of the Holy Scripture. And uh, with that, I started to get our church involved on the thing. Uh, it's real that not, not everybody on my church is in the journey, but 
everybody is in the abiding. And everybody is, is, is looking around, seeing all those who are in the journey, and they are saying, what's going on with these guys? I mean, they are, these guys are different. They are speaking, I've been talking different. They are, they are thinking different. They are growing mm -hmm. in their spiritual uh, uh, journey with the Lord. And everybody is, is getting more involved every day. So I think it's, it's, we are experiencing with this in our church a revival. Mm. You know, mm. and, and the greatest thing of this, in my case as a pastor, is that I have, I'm not going to be alone. I think that even the journey is going to provoke in their lives the sense of serving, the sense of expansion, the sense of belonging, you know, mm. to, to a group, to a church. And then I am uh, so excited to see at the end of the nine months, these guys coming to me, or these women, women coming to me and say, Pastor Henry, now what? I want to serve. I want to have my group. I want to be a guide. I want to be a leader. That is going on already. There are couples that are in the journey that are saying, Henry, I, I need to do something. I need to serve. And so I'm, I'm moving people to the different ministers, ministers here. And all this is working for good to me because they are taking lots of uh, burdens of, out of my shoulders that will... Uh, in the future will permit me and my wife to be better pastors as well. <clears throat> well, and, and I can just testify real quick that uh, the name of your church is Hope Fellowship. And, and he's given us a little uh, picture of what he does here in, in his church. And uh, he, he's speaking to uh, gringos, as they call the Americans who come. <laughs> and uh, there's a, quite a few of those that come to this church, but also the locals that, that are here. Um, but they're also doing a great work. Uh, in some of the poor areas, the barrios, they call it, uh, the poor areas. And also, uh, Pastor Henry is really has a heart to encourage other pastors, yes. which is, we got a little, we got to meet three of these pastors. And these are pastors that are uh, in very poor areas with like 100 members, maybe 50 to 100 members. Um, and, they're, and also doing a great work to help the children there. Uh, get educate, get to school, get what they need for school, and and trying to break the cycle of the poverty and, and yes. get them out of there. So we've gotten to see a beautiful work, and and so it's great to hear that people haven't even finished the journey and they're already having a heart to go give away what they're finding, which is which is beautiful. Yeah, for example, uh, uh, in our men's group, most of them are going to uh, play soccer every Wednesday night, and it's a good group, and they they have a good fellowship. And uh, they decided not to just play soccer. They decided to help the children as well. And this Christmas, they uh, made some stuff and they are, are uh, buying a lot of uh, uh, toys to go in and, and bless our, our feeding centers. We support about five feeding centers or meal programs mm -hmm. with about 450 children every week. Mm. And, uh, on, you know, uh, uh, and people in need. So this Christmas will be even better for them. <coughs> The greatest thing here, I guess, is that, yes, as you say, we have a lot of projects to the community. Our vision is to, to help people to make it to heaven. We don't want to put people in our church. We want to put people in heaven. It doesn't matter where they go. If they love a pastor and they want to support a different pastor in a different church, that's great. Just be saved. Mm -hmm. And um, mm -hmm. this is the way we are, are trying to do everything we do and everything we give. First of all, we give a message. We pray for the people. We present the message and the, of the news, of, uh, the good news of the gospel, and then we we guide them to another 
to a church, to a, to a tutor, to a leader that they can keep growing. And with all this, yes, we are uh, trying to support pastors that are, they have passion to do their job, but they are in bad shape or in need. And uh, with this program, hopefully in the next year, I think we are going to take them to the journey as well. We mm. are encouraging them mm. to go through that on an uh, abiding, uh, intimate relationship with God. Oh, wow. That would be great. That would yes. be great. Well, I don't want to, uh, I want to make sure we talk about to this guy on your right, Hyder. So why don't you sure. tell a little bit of how you came to know Hyder. And then I know you brought him with you to this last year to Soto, to our last National Summit, which this was year. this year, yeah, which was uh, your first time in America, <laughs> yeah. right? Which, yeah, so tell a little bit about how you know this guy. We want to hear from Hyder too. Well, you know, it was uh, weird. Hyder came for I think his very first time in Costa Rica. He tried to have a meeting with me, and I was you know, crazy busy. I, I didn't even heard about him that first year. But then a couple of uh, leaders that uh, spent some time with him, they said, uh, you know, this this guy's coming back, and he's uh, ministering on freedom. He's got a ministry in uh, Colombia that helps the people to understand why they are in bondage and how they can be set free by the power of Jesus. And a lot of it is sexual addiction, right? It's drug addiction, sexual that, addiction. Could be drugs, uh, sexual yeah, addiction. Yeah, okay, yeah. Lack of uh, love for their parents or any kind of bondage. Mm -hmm. So, well, uh, the year after I said, okay, that's good. So and we arranged a seminary a seminar for our people, mm -hmm. and it was very successful. We have about 150 people mm -hmm. from all the places. As I have a good contact with other pastors, so I call them all, mm -hmm. and many people came, and many people had an incredible experience mm -hmm. uh, on that day. I think we we, we needed more more time for, to go through that, but and some others got engaged on that, and and uh, they went through the process personally online with Heidi, which is great. And then I invited him to come for a youth uh, camp this year. Uh, this year in January, and it was uh, oh, we, we we had like seventy boys and girls, and they understood why they do what they do, why they do what they don't want to do, mm -hmm. and they were they understood that they were in bondage, and, and most of the, at the time our children or our boys, their main problem is their lack of uh, love. Or identity from their parents. Mm -hmm. So today, as we are at the end of the end, and our youth group had their dinner, it was amazing to hear from their own mouth saying that they were nobody. But when they went to this youth camp, they found their identity, mm -hmm. and they found their freedom, and they found a family, and now they are abiding. Mm -hmm. Our pro our plan is to get all these. 50, 60 boys and girls into the journey starting <laughs> on January. <laughs> That's music to my ears, for sure. So, Hyder, why don't you pick up the story? So, you guys formed a friendship yeah. and then uh, and then talk about coming to uh, Soto and, and kind of where you are now. Okay. Uh, yeah, I've been a Christian for 20, 21 years now. And, of course, a minister of this restoration ministry. And I thought I was doing it okay. Uh, I had the checklist, as Rocky mentioned the other night, uh, because I'm, I'm a very well-disciplined man, having quiet time with the Lord, and of course, in, in many of those times, I had a beautiful experiences with Him. So I thought I was abiding, but I didn't know exactly the name. Um, so, but then last year, uh, 
this year my, my family like kind of collapsed in many ways and I did I, uh, so I was confused like I wasn't it was like I, I was saying to God what happened to my family if I was having time and I was reading the Bible and I was having devotions quiet time and I've been ministering there etc and so uh, it was difficult has been so far the most difficult year but at the same time now I understand that there's no coincidences with God the, he has divine appointments so he was orchestrating everything to bring me into the journey so when I after I left Costa Rica this year on February finishing before before leaving uh, of course I have all these burdens in my heart like uh, I'm having this problem and I felt that God told me I could trust my friend and brother Henry and I opened up my heart and I explained my struggles to him and then he said okay I, I'm, I'm gonna help you I want to invite you to solely business and that came to be the first solely business here in Costa Rica mm. and all the the team from Atlanta I guess they came down etc so I went before leaving to Colombia South America I, I went attended to this solely business okay and I felt great and then I came back to my country like oh I'm changed and my family were happy but my change only lasted five days uh, so I was wondering again that total chaos, uh, I was completely chaos mess, like what happened? I changed in Costa Rica, what, what is going on? <laughs> so I called back again, I, I, have, I had been so isolated in my country, uh, because sometimes you, if you open your heart, you're going to be judged, etc., things like that. So I couldn't trust in some of my colleagues, or whatever. And then I was so frustrated because of this uh, situation that I couldn't understand why, if I'm a minister, I've been a pastor, a youth leader, and also... Helping people and let, let them go and be set free. Be set free, and now I was experiencing all this crazy, like somebody moved my ground. And mm. then I, I couldn't understand. I was so confused. I was angry at God. I, in that moment, I didn't understand anything. So in my frustration on March this year, I called him back. And to my friend uh, Henry, and I said, Henry, I'm desperate, please, I need that you listen to me. And then again, I, I can understand. And then he, he said, okay, I will be praying for you, don't worry. He encouraged me, pray for me, and I, found, I have found a tremendous support in, in him as a brother, as a friend, as a colleague that never judged me. And, and, mm -hmm. and so then after that call, I, I, was, I, I felt good, and then in April, he called me back and told me, hey, I have good news for you. And I said, yeah, tell me. And I will invite you to something even deeper. And I said, oh, that's great. It's in Costa Rica. And I said, it's in the United States. And I said, what? Uh, I mean, you, you got visa. Yes, yes, I have visa. But, oh, oh man, you know, this, is, this will be my first time in the United States. And I've been, that has been my dream since I was a child. And then he invited me to Soto. And I, I had, if Henry just was getting the idea, imagine me, I couldn't have any clue about what is this about. He just told me, find it on the website, it's influencer or something like that. And then I did that in my country, but I was so excited. Well, I just said to my family, I'm going to a healing retreat. That's the only thing I know. A healing retreat. A healing retreat, that's what I thought. <laughs> okay. I, I'm it kind of to, is. It yeah, kind okay. of is. Huh? And then I said, I don't know, but it's going to be good for me. So I entered into your website, influencers. And then I started to, that, that started to call my attention, like uh, this intimacy, this intimate relationship. And I said, oh, I thought I was going to another traditional healing retreat 
like always. Like, and I, and in, in, in deep inside, I didn't want that kind of, because I had a lot of knowledge about what I do. I teach people about setting free processes, tools. So I said, I don't want somebody in the front talking to me again, like, oh, demons cast out, all the stuff. So I said, but I, I felt like this is different. Then, okay, then we went to sorrow. The very moment I just stepped, stepped on the ground of sorrow, uh, I started to cry. I felt God's presence, but of course I had all my backpack. And then I, when I started to see all the men, there were 300 men, and the only foreigners were Henry from Costa Rica and me from Colombia. And I know there's no coincidences. I, I, I even told my friend Henry, oh, this is, this is not a coincidence. We are coming like first fruits. Uh -huh. I told him, man, we're coming like first fruit. You're for Central America, me for South America or Colombia, whatever. And then I, but I was in my complete chaos. I said, I don't care about that. I need help. <laughs> so the, uh, when I started to see all this bunch of guys, I noticed that they had something different. Uh, different from most men in my country and a few that I met here in, in Costa Rica. And I said, what do they have? And I said, well, and then I, I thought, oh, maybe they are open to worship because we're worshiping here together. But no, I started to notice they had this different thing that I didn't know in that moment, even in the bathroom, even in the kitchen, <laughs> even drinking coffee, even playing games, etc. I said, what? They, what do they have? They looked at me and they could perceive they had so sharpening their gift, their gift. And they would look at me and say, hey, brother, where are you from? I said, I'm Colombia. Can I pray for you? And I, I said, yes. And they would come to me and wow. God was talking directly into my heart. But no answers yes to my yet to my confusion. So I remember that the key part was when Rocky was in the on the stage and then he shared about emptying your backpack and crossing the bridge. Mm. Okay? No no idea. Just Henry just told me I hadn't I hadn't read not even the book, the, the inner chamber. So I was being led by him, and he was just starting to understand the process. Okay? And he told me, oh, it's a book, and, and you will see it later. I said, okay. Then, uh, remember in Soro, we have this physical bridge uh, over, the, over the beautiful river. And then uh, Rocky Fleming said, many of you are here with a backpack full of garbage. And, and to cross the bridge, you need to unpack your, your backpack, you, to empty your backpack. And I, and I said, oh yeah, I have this, I have a lot of questions, angry towards God, confusion, frustration, etc. And then I remember all these 288 men crossed the bridge and there were two missing. That was Henry and me. And Henry, now that I have gone a little bit through the process, I understand that Henry was like the influencer protecting me with his shield. Mm. He was there all the time supporting me unconditionally. Mm. And he, he, he would have... He, he would have been able to cross the bridge and leave me behind, but he didn't. I mean, he was just waiting for me. He said, take your time, hide it. And it was fighting God before crossing the bridge. And I, because I wanted answers. And, I, answers. and then I felt God's voice into my spirit telling me, I won't give you answers. Empty your backpack, trust me, and cross the bridge. <laughs> and then I said, no, I need answers. And I was fighting a little bit. Finally, I emptied my backpack cross the bridge, and in fact, you had a professional uh, photographer uh -huh, there. Uh -huh. If you see my pictures, I mean, a victim crossing the bridge, like, uh, <laughs> I was uh, so frustrated, but I emptied my backpack, and I said, I will trust you. But once I crossed the bridge, 
immediately for, through, uh, the, we went to the next small meeting, uh, a small group meeting, uh -huh. the answers started to come. So I had a vision of, of, uh, of a boy in, in his father's lap in a Christmas time. And there was the Christmas tree and presents under it. And then at, at, at 12, at the boy was playing, it was like 10 o'clock, he was playing with his dad. And then t uh, 12 o'clock came and the boy left his father's lap and went into the Christmas presents and started to play and forgot about his father. And then God told me, that's you. And that, that vision I received in my small group in sorrow. Uh -huh. And then I said, oh, why explain to me? And then he started to explain the vision. He told me, that's you because yes, you were having quiet times with me, but you started to look only for the tools, the Christmas presents, yes. the ministry. And yeah, so I needed to be honest in that moment, to look back to my 20 years being a minister of God and, and knowing the Bible and teaching knowledge, etc. And then I said, yes, you're right. So most of my abiding in that time wasn't abiding, was looking for tools. Mm. Like, mm. okay, what's the next tool? How can I help the homosexuals? How can I help the, the give me a tool, give me a tool. That was, that was me, that morning. Mm. Mm. So that was the first answer. I said, oh, thank you. I cried, etc. Then after that, the second answer came through John 15, verse 5. When it says, separated from me, you can do nothing. Mm. And when I read that, I felt the, this impression of the Holy Spirit tell me, even loving your wife unconditionally. Mm. And then I understood, now I understand why I have been so struggling with my marriage. Because I couldn't look, my background was sexual addiction, and I couldn't love her unconditionally. Mm. And I thought that stopping the bad behavior was enough, and, and, and I, I wasn't loving her. And then I was, now I understand, yeah, I haven't been abiding. So mm. that's what I can love, real and conditional. So those, so far by now, in that moment, he gave me those two answers, which brought me hope. Okay. So then immediately you called me, or you wrote to me, Brian, and, and you told me, hey, hi there, after sorrow. You told me there's a virtual journey group from some guys from California, Bakersfield, I think. Uh, would you like to join us? And I said, yes, I, I, sign me up. And then I read the book, the six weeks, book, uh, Journey into the Inner Chamber, and I started the virtual group, which has been amazing. But the first three months, uh, we are in our seventh month, I guess, mm -hmm. and, but the first three months, of course, I was still struggling, struggling, but I found so much love in you guys, in this virtual journey group that helped me a lot. And little by little, I started to understand that the key is the abiding relationship. Final answer was uh, one month ago. Then, because I was, of course, still struggling with loving my wife, having problems. The reality hasn't changed, not, not much, mm -hmm. not to 100%. Totally. Yeah, not totally. And then the last one I received was this one. Like, like God was asking me, okay, what, what are you struggling for? Uh, what are you struggling with? And I said, uh, conditional love. I can't love my wife unconditionally uh, and impatience. And, so, and then God called my attention and told me, look, what is the contrary to the thing that you're fighting, to the negative symptoms or negative fruit? I said, okay, conditional love, the contrary is unconditional love, mm -hmm. perfect love. He told me, what is it? I said, well, fruit of the Spirit. Yeah, Galatians 5.22. And then he told me, what's the other one? I said, impatient. What do you need? I mean, 
tolerance, self self control, self control, mm-hmm. etc. Mm-hmm. I mean, where are they? Galatians five twenty two, and then this is the answer that came. God told me, you will never be able to produce fruit of the spirit if you do not abide. Not only by mere processes. Mm-hmm. And there we are. So I'm so excited that he finally I have clarity. Of course, I haven't gone into the total. Uh, I mean, yeah. 100% abiding, I'm just learning, sure. but with the things that I'm learning, I feel so happy, so excited, and I started to, uh, to, yeah, to show good fruits. And, and so uh, we got to wrap up here in a second, but uh, so tell us about the plans for your, where you live. Uh-huh. You plan to bring the journey to your people. Yeah, I, we already started. I started, of course, I understood first with my family. Mm-hmm. So I'm going through the six-week study guide with my book and study guide with my wife and my two children. Okay. We are doing that uh, every week. Mm-hmm. Um, also, I started my, my pastor in my congregation. He was so excited about because by what, what I was sharing about. And then he told me, let's start something. And then, so I had a couple of, um, uh, like seven guys that I have been mentoring in the restoration freedom process. And then I invited them to that and plus other guys from the church. And then we created an 11 man group and I'm leading it. And my pastor is the co-leader. Okay. Okay. And so we are, we are in the session number four of the six week study guide. Uh-huh. They are so happy, so excited. And we're going to jump in January. We're going to jump into the nine month, hopefully. Mm-hmm. And, and some of them, they are ready because they were already believers in freedom. But now they are understanding and they are asking me, Heather, we need to be trained because we will multiply this. Uh, wow, beautiful. Yeah. beautiful. And, and I want to tell all of you that these two men have been very helpful in helping us with translation too because we knew the material needed to be kind yeah. of spruced up a little bit and uh, edited and, and make sure that it's, it's good Spanish yeah. that people can understand and all that. So these two have been just helping us, just volunteering their time to, to help us with that. So thank you for that. Yeah. And uh, Thanks, so we're Steve. so excited. And, and these two are going to go with me and Rocky. Uh, the, shortly we'll be driving yeah. four hours to San Jose, the capital of Costa yes. Rica. And uh, there's a connection through uh, our influencers in Tulsa, through Kirk of the Hills Church, really, I think is where it started, yeah, Presbyterian Church in Tulsa. There's a man over there who is a, uh, a real uh, catalyst, I would say. I think he's got a ministry called Coalition Ministries. But he set up a meeting for us to speak to 50, at least 50 pastors and ministers. From every place in the country. By the way, I want to say that in my heart, I believe that every man and woman from Costa Rica needs to go through the journey. Mm-hmm. I think that that meeting up in San Jose is crucial. And I, I am in, involved and I will be in in order to help somehow mm-hmm. those friends, pastors that are up there to encourage them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think this is an incredible uh, tool from the spirit that the Lord gave to Rocky Fleming that needs to be shared. It needs to be done, uh, known for others. And we need to, you know, show our best face to those in our and with our heart honest uh, show them how our lives have, have been impacted with this for them to believe people are tired in Costa Rica of discipleships mm-hmm. people are tired of uh, leadership teachings mm-hmm. people are needing mm-hmm. desperately 
a abiding relationship with a father that they never knew. Yeah. yeah. Well, and, and you two will be great because, number one, you're, you're uh, from the country. Or you, you speak their language, but also you are pastors. And, and pastors receive better from other pastors. So uh, they, they care more about what you guys will say than Rocky yeah. will say. Even though, And then a lot of these guys don't even know what they're coming to. They think they're coming to, to learn about a new discipleship process. Yeah, they're thinking that. Yeah, they don't know. So it's going to be interesting. So I'll uh, for all of you out there, I will... Uh, Try to put together a blog with some pictures so you can kind of see what's going on and kind of a report. And I'll include a report on what happens today uh, from our meeting. So, well, thank you guys for sharing your time and your hearts. Uh, you guys are an encouragement to us uh, in what you're doing. And so we're so everybody out there, I encourage you all to be praying for uh, Henry and Hyder in their efforts and leading, being champions for us and in this part of the country and in the part of the world. So uh, anyway... Go to our website, influencers.org, to, to keep up to date on our blogs and podcasts and, uh, and videos. We have some new guide videos out there you may not have seen that, ha- that incorporate the new 2019 revision. So uh, anyway, we're just so excited what God is doing. This is God's ministry and uh, everything that's happening, we give praise to Him because it's all about Him. Yeah. So anyway, I'm Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries. I'm going to keep encouraging you out there to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you today. me mm-hmm.